0: Hi guys welcome and welcome back to the podcast I've been meaning to watch that I am your host Monica and I'm joined with another awesome guest you know new week new podcast new guest every episode and this week I'm joined by the awesome Jocelyn you may know her from TikTok because she talks about a lot of like she recommends a lot of movies and tv shows she talks about amazing new releases so I'm gonna go ahead pass it off to her and let her you know introduce herself
1: Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Jock
0: from Jock's Watchlist.
1: Um, Hopefully you're following me on TikTok, um, but if you're not, go ahead and follow me on TikTok or Instagram. Um, But I just talk about all the TV shows and movies I watch. I think this month alone, I'm over 50 right now, so I'm constantly watching TV, so constantly giving new ideas. So I'm here to talk about one of my favorites, but I'm sure we'll talk about a lot
0: of different shows. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for returning for another podcast. Uh, don't forget to f- um, join the Patreon, follow us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter as well. And today we're going to be talking about Dead Ringers. It's a new show on Amazon Prime, it starts the amazing Rachel Weiss. And before we jump into that, we're going to jump into Can't Wait to Watch, where we talk about entertainment, news, and new releases. And the first new release I want to talk about, because I feel like this is a release I've been waiting for for a long, long time. It's um, Are You There God, It's Me Margaret. Which is the okay. movie adaptation of the, like, best-selling novel, the Judy Bloom book, the movie's based on. And I was, like, a huge Judy Bloom fan when I was really young. It's, like, one of those books you read in, like, your formative years. And I'm, like, super excited to watch it. Also because Rachel McAdams is in it, and I love Rachel McAdams. She's a phenomenal actress. So I'm really excited to watch it. And I also love heartwarming movies. Like, a lot of movies that have been coming out recently have been biopics, remakes, sequels, or like action comedies. And I miss like rom-coms. I miss funny, silly, goofy movies. I miss heartfelt family movies that aren't superhero movies. Like I want to have fun. And a, you know, heartfelt story that is based off a book from my childhood is the best way I could think to spend my weekend. So I'm excited for that. Um, did you ever watch? Um, did you ever read? Sorry, read Judy Bloom books when you're younger, Jocelyn. Judy Bloom. Did she do Junie
1: B. Jones books?
0: I think that was someone else.
1: oh I do remember Junie B. Jones though. Honestly. I I usually like... stick to TV. Sometimes <laughs> I read books every once in a while, but TV was always my thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that I um was it? I watched PBS Kids when I was young less not disney yeah. not nickelodeon yeah like arthur uh cyber chase yeah all, i
1: all those but then i also yeah. watched like all disney channel on nickelodeon oh <laughs> what was it abc family back then
0: That's oh I said. yeah abc family instead of freeform
1: yeah when yeah. before it was freeform and it was still <laughs>
0: it had, like
1: seventh heaven on it
0: and stuff oh my gosh seventh heaven i remember that show so much oh and then like the WB before it became the CW.
1: Yeah, the WB, wow. wow. You could always get that channel. No matter where you went, you could always get that
0: channel. Yes, yes, yes. Gosh, that was... That's such a throwback. Yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited to see that movie. And actually, I know that um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think that's coming out, I think it either just released or it's coming out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. and i've had a couple friends of mine tell me about it they said they really liked it and hold on i think i froze okay I think i froze did i freeze for a second yeah you did but you were
1: i could still hear you so okay
0: (laughs) that's good okay um yeah it's gonna release this weekend may 5th i think it's around the same time that this episode is gonna be released
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: i'm gonna be honest and say that guardians of the galaxy is probably on the lower tier, when I rank my Marvel movies, it's not, it's not anything against Guardians, it's just that it's more, it's very much like more of that family superhero movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, agree. Yeah, like it has a nostalgia rock factor for the parents, and it has like the goofy um, Chris very Pratt. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely the family superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But everyone's excited for that. Like that's gonna be a big deal.
0: It, it seems like it it seems like everybody's like hyped for it. But you know, nothing against that. That's great. I'm glad that, you know, you're all ready to watch Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana uh kick ass on whatever yeah, platform they're probably. on. Yeah.
1: We'll I, see when it comes out on like Disney Plus or something. I'll watch it then.
0: <laughs> Yeah. We'll see how it does. Like it's Probably going to do better than like Shazam 2 did, obviously. But um am I going I... to watch it? Possibly not. Uh, if a group of friends want to go out and see it, then I'm going to be like, okay, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll go and see it with you guys. But on my own, that's not really like yeah. for me, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think out of all the Marvel releases I'm still waiting on, it's Daredevil, but that doesn't come out until, like, next year, so I'm going to be waiting for a while on that one, but I'm willing to wait, you know? See,
1: I don't do a lot of Marvel movies. I will watch a superhero movie, like, Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it's nothing that I, like, can follow. I would need Uh, someone to sit with me and explain how all of these go together.
0: So you're not, like, a Marvel fan who's seen every single Marvel movie
1: um, I probably seen most of them. I have seen most of them, but you I would need someone to like come with me and like put it all together because of all of the <laughs> after scenes and how this one connects to this one and like they're not even made in order. Like you guys have like, oh, a yeah. different type of memory on that one because I can't mm-hmm. keep up.
0: Yeah. Like how Black Widow took place after Age of Ultron, but it was released after Endgame.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, Well where are we in yeah. this story?
0: the time everybody else
1: can keep up but i'll watch it i just need to know where it fits into the timeline
0: yeah the timeline is kind of messed up like um captain marvel coming out after infinity war to like give us context as to like the the end credit scene in infinity war but captain marvel is supposedly supposed to be placed before captain america so
1: (laughs) and captain america came out like a long time ago
0: yeah (laughs) It's, it's been a while. Yeah, you're right, you're right. They do a lot of, like, backpedaling, you know? It's like mm-hmm. how, like, you have the original movies, and then after the original movies, you release the prequels, you know? Like,
1: yeah, like, and then the, the, those little credit parts afterwards are very important. I didn't realize that for, like, the first few movies I was watching, <laughs> and I think I missed some things. <laughs> so now it's, like, a little bit of a gap, but mm-hmm. those are
0: very important to watch. You have to yeah, watch yeah. the whole movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah those are essential very essential and um there is actually another prequel movie coming out soon it's the hunger games prequel movie um, yeah i'm very
1: about that one they just yeah. dropped the trailer for that
0: last week Ellen. yes they did i actually haven't seen the trailer yet um i don't know why i don't watch trailers when they're on twitter i feel like no i have to save it but it's like no just girl it's just right there just watch it you know um
1: they were talking great. about it on tiktok that's how i found out well i found out it was coming out but then i someone was put, posting about it on tiktok that mm-hmm. the trailer been released so that's when i watched that and it yeah. was good i um, love the home oh
0: book, so. my gosh me too i actually read the books like three times over those are months.
1: books i have read those, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't
1: read those books
0: mm-hmm. exactly
1: they were yeah. good the I books mean, are a little cool. different than the movies Mm-hmm which is like also something I talk, look, look at on TikTok apparently, like difference between books and movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one is good. And I'm very much looking forward to this prequel.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure it's
1: gonna tie, it has to tie into the original somehow.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this prequel is called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Mm-hmm. And I am interested and how the movie is gonna like you know play out how well it does and how it does connect to the original story that we know with Katniss and I feel like this this like prequel sequel remake you know I'm gonna be okay with like I'm gonna let it live because the Hunger Games is a stellar franchise you know the series is good the movies and the books they're amazing and Susan Collins has just been like laying low not saying anything to upset to anybody so you know what if she wants to pop back up and get her coins because everyone else is I'm gonna let it happen that's yeah it, I might be, it. it might be a good people yeah and you know what they have oh my gosh what is her name the girl from <clears throat> crap wow why am I blanking no She was in the musical. She's in Snow White. West Side Story. Crap. What's her name? Oh, I don't know. Actress? Rachel Zegler. Rachel Zegler. She's in it, and Hunter Schaefer is also in it as well. Yes. I'm a fan. (laughs) I am very excited to see it. And I also want Rachel Zegler to get a win. Just one.
1: This is a good one for her to get a win, though, because. I, everybody's gonna go. It's the Hunger Games. We're all gonna go see it at least. Yeah. We're all gonna give it a chance.
0: Yeah, of course. Like, we're all gonna go out and just like show our support, show our love. So. Yeah.
1: Cause that, that, that was a great. Well, that was four movies. They put in four movies. Yeah. Yes. That was that was all four were good. They like, were... You, you watch all of them over and over again. Yeah. It's great.
0: I love how in quarantine, there's like a renaissance of people just re watching, like, Hunger Games, Twilight, Glee, just like revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, there are a lot of new releases coming out this month. Fast X is coming out. um, In the
1: theaters or just on streaming services?
0: I'm pretty sure it's in theaters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See,
1: I've heard, so like, I know that on Netflix, Queen Charlotte comes out next week. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about that because I'm a Bridgerton fan and I love that Queen Charlotte Spinoff.
0: Oh my gosh. Because I've been looking for someone to talk about Bridgerton with and I do have a friend of mine that does like Bridgerton and like I watched the first season and I really loved it. I never got around to the second season because there was so much coming out at that time that it kind of like flew under my radar. Even though everyone was like, everyone was obsessed with Wow. I know his face, and I know her face, too. Simon, Simone Ashley? Simone Ashley? Is that her name? And then Homie. Man, I forgot his name, too. And I recognized it from Doctor Who, and he was on the show that Phoebe Waller-Bridge did called Crashing that I watched one time because it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But I Are you his... thinking about
1: the guy from the first season?
0: The brother? The older brother?
1: The older brother? I don't know his name. But I know who you
0: want. I can't remember the character's name the or the actor's the name. name.
1: Cause don't they go in order? He's the one that starts with the A. A-, A. Andrew, Aaron, something like that. It has to be.
0: It probably does start with the A. It might be Andrew. Andrew sounds right. I'm No, <laughs> oh nah, I need to know. Oh, I can't believe I don't remember it. Cause I do love him as an actor. Like seeing him in Bridgerton made me so happy because he's one of those actors that I see in like random little things and it's like oh it's that guy I remember him and seeing him in like Mm -hmm. something as big as Bridgerton it's like yes it's like finally it's like you're not just in like one episode of Doctor Who you're not just popping up in this show that no one else has seen that randomly found Netflix and I'm obsessed with like he's there you know yeah
1: his name's Anthony that's what it is yes it starts with an A I'm sure it starts with
0: I feel like the word, I feel like the name Anthony just like went in one ear and not the other for me and I was like, wait a minute, no, maybe it is Andrew, that sounds close enough where I can like pretend like it is, but yeah, Anthony, I, I actually don't know, because I saw the trailer for Queen Charlotte, I think when it was first announced a while ago, so mm-hmm. it's it been yes
1: and uh, they've, they've waited on that like over a year
0: yeah it's kind of weird like netflix has been pushing off a lot of things i've seen like there's a show called they clone tyrone with john boyega Jamie fox and oh my gosh why i forget everyone's name she plays monica rambo I, I hate that I don't remember her name because I've been a fan of her for so long. But that I, show it was supposed to come out the beginning of this year. They cloned Tyrone and they pushed it out to jo- June. And I yeah, I did, I
1: remember that. I remember reading that that was coming out because one of my on one of my resources that I look up. But yeah. yeah, it definitely hasn't. And we're about halfway there, so.
0: Yeah, like,
1: but a lot of people have been like pushing back series or dropping shows or you know. I don't know what's going on, but HBO Max does something similar where they just dropped a bunch of TV shows. Decided yeah. they weren't them, or starting to like spread them out a little longer. Mm-hmm. I think Stars is also trying to spread out shows a little longer. But I think it's just because like that way you have viewership like year long, year year long, right? Because like I'm not just watching it from the summertime when my show comes on. I'm watching it like June, July. Now I gotta watch every month. So
0: mm-hmm. we'll see i i do know that a lot of shows um weren't greenlit for their next season uh due to like the writer's strike that's going on right now mm-hmm. i know there was like a story that's kind of been like circulating on my uh, twitter feed of this guy he was a writer on the bear and he talked about how like he was not paid well um through wga i believe that's who he was um uh, um hired through like that's his like union and basically he had to like rent a suit to go to the Emmys and it's high and right now because he doesn't have a job he's looking for like openings at movie theaters to try and like keep a job at least close in this industry so I know that a lot of shows that could be why there have been a lot of shows being like canceled like pushed off due to the fact that like they don't have enough writers or like they don't know how Hollywood's gonna survive this writer strike or what's gonna happen um, following this but um, they clone Tyrone I think they've been pushing it off like way before the writer's strike but i know any recent cancellations are attributed to the writer's strike that's going on well, right now you know
1: wow i need to start following that a little bit more i did hear about it but i haven't really had any updates on that
0: um i've just been seeing some stuff on twitter i do know that one of the writers and abbott elementary has been like the most outspoken person Following it and she's talked about how like the showrunner like Quinta. She's great Like obviously she wants to advocate for her writers, but ultimately it's like the union, you know, it's the the Union the agencies that they work with and because you don't really get residuals with streaming platforms and because they don't really like air shows on like TV like they did like um, You know friends or how you would watch, like Meet the Browns, of BET. <laughs> like yeah. the writers get off of those. Yeah, is. They're not
1: really getting that same. I didn't know they didn't get residuals. That's interesting to learn. Um But you're right. They don't just like play TV shows mm-hmm. like they used to. Like they do old shows.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of streaming services are not making as much money as they think they are, or like not making as much money as it seems. You know, I feel like a lot of people. Um, you see someone who's a writer on a show and you think, oh, they're rich. You know, they're mm-hmm. making big bucks. But not everybody is. Like, not everybody is Adam McKay, you know, writing on Secession. You know, they're not millionaires. Yeah.
1: So. yeah. I, would, I would think Abbott Elementary being as popular as it is, they would be getting a lot. So,
0: yeah,
1: honestly, that's, that's very interesting how many... There must be a lot out there who are not getting paid as much as we think they are.
0: Yeah, I... I think that maybe um, the first shows that will really suffer from it will be like morning shows, talk shows, and then possibly like late night shows, because mm-hmm. they really do depend on the writers to so like get their monologue, get their jokes, mm-hmm. you know, find ideas for games to play with the guest. So if you have a writer strike going on and you lose like half your staff because they want to get paid better, then yeah, what are you gonna do?
1: Do you know why they don't want to pay?
0: I feel like it's just the same thing with a lot. I feel like it's just the same thing you deal with in any job. You know, people want to be paid more for the work that they're doing and all the mm-hmm. effort they're putting in, and they just don't want to pay them. You know, like yeah. unions in Hollywood have always had this problem, whether it was people who were like PAs on set and the crew working background. And I feel like you saw this a lot in like the Rust filming. When Alec Baldwin um shot misfired and killed the cinematographer it really mm-hmm. was or the director?
1: Stop, yeah. woman! I thought.
0: I have to look that up because I always mess it up. Filming. Um. Okay, it was the cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, right? Basically, what had happened was that the gun was, like, loaded with live bullets, and it misfired, or Alec Baldwin shot him, and currently there's a lot of, like, legal litigation going on around this, whether charges mm-hmm. were dropped against him or not, if he's gonna get charged with something or not, and when they were doing an investigation, they realized that a lot of the things behind the filming was rushed, People didn't have enough time to set up. People who are working on set didn't have enough time to have breaks. And all these other things that are just due to like the working conditions that have um, been taking place on filming sets following COVID. You know, people are trying to be safe and with masks. And maybe there's less crew I said that there used to be pre-COVID. And mm-hmm. they're trying to be sure that everyone's safe. But there aren't enough people double checking things to make sure that everything goes well. So things fall through the crack. And there's also been a crisis on a lot of shows where showrunners are not simply showrunners, they're directors, they're writers, they have to step in, they have to sometimes manhandle the camera sometimes because people are leaving because they don't get paid enough. They're spending too much time on set and they get sick and you can't work from home on a movie set and Mm -hmm. getting a job in the film industry is so feeble. Like you lose your job as a PA, they'll easily replace you. You can't come back you just have to try and find another job and most of the people who work in the film industry they know each other through like facebook groups and stuff but if you get someone a job on a set working at netflix you get sick you leave netflix is going to hire the next person who wants to work on set like that's simply it you really can't just like check back in at your job you're not working at wendy's you're not working at Publix. like Like, yeah there's a lot of turnover in the film industry so i feel like it came down from like set crew and now showrunners having problems like being able to like manage and just like delegate and like have direction in their like on their show but then taking on six jobs at once and like a showrunner is kind of like i would say pretty broad title but still you shouldn't have to like take on like all these other jobs because people are just kind of like i don't want to say job hunting but the film industry and finding jobs is not as stable it was never really that stable, but I think after COVID, it became a little less stable. And now with writers, um, it's not getting that much easier. And it honestly just comes down to like the people who are in charge, you know, the people who are signing the checks um, in charge of the budget, the people who are in charge of these unions, these writer unions, and being sure that they get paid their fair due or finding out ways to fairly compensate these writers so they can continue to do things you love because if you work so hard to work in this industry where people are making millions of dollars off your work and you yeah, see the yeah. streaming sites making all these money off of these shows that you are creating and these actors making money off of the words that you feed unto them you want to get paid your fair due and if you're not getting paid your fair due eventually you're going to say something about it you know what i mean yeah. yeah so it's really just
1: and a lot of these shows are doing really well like they boast yeah. about how much you're spending on all these episodes, and yet you don't have any money to pay your writers, it doesn't add up, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, there have been a lot of tweets um, from people, because, like, Secession is currently in its last season, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the episodes have been pretty good. I haven't watched it, because I'm just gonna wait till it ends and, like, watch it all the mm-hmm. way through, but, you know, people have been sharing clips of, you know, recent episodes of Secession, And, you know, there have been writers just saying, hey, the person who worked on this show, they may be like living in a two bedroom apartment or like the person who worked on the show did not make as much money. Also, like if you love these shows that you're watching, if you want to keep seeing these same shows being made, then you need to support us in our writer's strike. Like this happened before in like 2007 to 2008, with the same writer's strike. And I think that went on for like, not even like a year. It was from November 2007 to February 2008. But it was still a pretty long time.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff went off TV. That
0: one. I remember when that a Strike... I didn't even realize that Rotor Strike was happening. The only time I really, like, truly recognized it was happening was because I was watching Supernatural. And, like, it was in the time where seasons had, like, 20, 22, 23 episodes mm-hmm. in the season. And their third season had 16 episodes. And I was like what's going on here? Where's the, where's the rest of the stuff? Like, where's the rest of the episode? And they just kind of, like, ended it pretty abruptly, so.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. the same thing happened to Girlfriends. I think that's when Girlfriends went off the air. It was, like, they just ended it because of the writer's strike like, there was they had, that like, seven seasons, I believe, and then mm. Rider-Strike hit and never, we never got another one.
0: Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Dang. Yeah. It's actually been a long time since I've watched Girlfriends.
1: Oh, you should watch it. It's good. It's actually good. I watched it again maybe last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's still good.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Um, Were there any other uh? were there any other new releases or are there any, is there any like Hollywood news that you'd like to talk about before we jump into um, Dead Ringers?
1: The only other show that I was just that I just found out was coming out was that they're doing this Remake of Zoe 101 called Zoe 102. And they're going to have a lot of the same main characters, like Jamie Lynn Spears is going to be in it. Um, oh. I think Chase and like I'm pretty sure they have most. I think like, Quinn is going to be in it again. A lot of people are actually going to be in it. So I'm kind of excited to see what that's going to look like. It's supposed to surround a wedding. And I think it might be Chase, not Chase. Uh, Zoe and I can't remember the other guy's name right now, but yeah, we're, we're getting a Zoe 102.
0: Oh my gosh, I just it's getting a spin off movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, and I already wait, is Zoe gonna be in it? Mm hmm, okay. Oh, right, Jamie Lynn Spears plays Zoe. Oh. I don't know why I thought when I hear Zoe 101, sometimes I think of like Hillary Duff. Oh I don't yeah. know why that is I don't know why that is. I used to confuse those shows even when I was younger. Like I wouldn't was... mind the Liz one. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> definitely. I wouldn't mind that either, but I can't wait for the Zoe 102. Oh my gosh.
0: I thought good.
1: I don't know if it would be good, but I don't know if Zoe 101 would hit the same in 2023, but I'm gonna watch it.
0: Yeah, I feel like if I Carly can be good, this one could as well. Yeah. You just give it a shot.
1: Might feel good to watch.
0: Yeah. You know, it's always fun to see, like, your favorite show just come back one more time, just for nostalgia's sake, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. Awesome. Well, this is just gonna wrap up uh, Can't Wait to Watch, and we're gonna jump in talking about Dead Ringers, which is a show that we are covering this podcast. Dead Ringers is an awesome new show on Amazon Prime. It's basically a remake off of the David Krogenberg film with the same name, which starred Jeremy Irons. And the remake of 2023 is an Amazon Prime show starring Rachel Weiss, who a lot of you may know from things like... No! <laughs> I literally I... was like, what's that movie she was in? With Rachel McAdams.
1: Oh, Disobedience.
0: Disobedience! I just saw that on Netflix today. I was like, oh, I have to watch that later. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I feel like
1: no wow. one really talks about that movie, but I remember seeing that and being like, this is a great movie. It's an
0: amazing movie.
1: Where <laughs> yeah, been?
0: It's phenomenal. Also, the favorite. She was amazing in a favorite as well. Yes, so this show basically follows two twins, Beverly and Elliot, the same names, I believe they were used in the movie, right?
1: Yeah, in the original movie, they yeah. used
0: the same names. It's so weird to like, it was weird doing the research for the movie and for the original film because they have the same names. So I was trying to be like, let me not mess up my notes and get my wires crossed because I was just like, let me just a little bit of, like, let me just try and keep everything clean, you know? So yeah. I have everything, like, together. And The movie
1: was with two men, yes. but this one was twin women, okay? Yeah. 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 But they have the same names. they were still Beverly and Elliot. Versus-
0: so, Beverly and Elliot Mantle, they are a pair of famous gynecologists and they want to open up a birthing center to, you know, change the way women give birth. Elliot, she is a little bit more dangerous. She has less boundary. She's a little out there. She's like, kind of a cokehead. But, you know, she's fun and we like her. We like her confidence. And Beverly, she is, you know, obviously type A... Um, stick to the script, pulls her hair back. Mm -hmm. She is very focused on creating a state-of-the-art facility that helps change the way women give birth. Something that is more empowering to listen to women and help them and focus on their health so they can bring, you know, their new children into the world. And they are two sides of the same coin. And I'm so glad you suggested this movie because... I'm sorry, so glad you suggested this TV show because I had seen... The promotion obviously on Amazon, and it was like, okay, let me just add this to my watch list and like get to it later. And that means like I'll watch it when I get a chance, and then I never do. But this show was, to put it in one word, intense. It was very,
1: like from the beginning, from the very yes. almost the first scene.
0: Yes, it is a lot because you talk about like birthing and pregnancy in obviously movies and television. I, this is the only show where I've seen birth happen. The only All, one. all types of ways. Mm. Wow. There's a lot going on. Like, and I, you know, I, I love the fact that <laughs> this is a show that is female-led, female-written, created, and it does not hold back on the gore, the horror, and, like, the kind of I don't know whatever other word to use, but, like, violence behind, like, giving birth. Mm Because I think a lot of people describe it as, like, a beautiful, harmonious, amazing rite of passage in a woman's life. And you're watching these women, like, cry and just, like, you know... Go through
1: everything. Go
0: through everything in this show. I feel like it taught me a lot about giving birth, you know, because the amount of women that I saw, like the characters who had postpartum depression, I was like, I need to do some research because everybody is sad in the show. I don't even know what's going on. And I realized that like, what I learned is that one in seven women who give birth, they will have postpartum depression after they give birth. I was like, this is a lot more common than people talk about it. And because pregnancy is like this revered thing that women do, I guess like people just don't express their experiences with how difficult their pregnancy can be, which I could understand, but I was just like, damn.
1: And this show did not shy away from all of the different possibilities and stories that are out there. Like They were showing that there was that one, the one lady who was going around looking for somebody who would like take her ovaries out, but she didn't want kids to somebody who like wanted kids and Mm -hmm. somebody. Who, and then the black lady who had had a kid and she felt like something was wrong and the doctor didn't listen to her. Like there was story. For, there was they hit every single possible story in there without holding back. Yes. Out.
0: Absolutely. And I want to say that like I want to say that I love the show, but at the same time, I feel like the better phrasing is that I'm never going to forget the show. Like... Yes,
1: that's that's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> I don't know if I loved it, but I I will never forget it. Yes. <laughs> As a woman, I promise I will never forget this. <laughs>
0: yes. And, you know, I don't really want to, like, I don't really do episode-by-episode breakdowns. I just like to do, like, a kind of general overview of mm-hmm. the show. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit, like, what you thought about the show and, like, what jumped out to you? And, like, what did you like or, like, what you didn't like about Dead Ringers? Um,
1: so... Well, what I really liked was like what we talked about—that that like incorporation of women's health because mm-hmm. the book, the original movie, first off, is men. So this Did is something know? that they purposefully incorporated this in this, and like we're purposely trying to teach us and tell us yes. things. I feel like that little snippet about J. Marion Sims, like I had no idea who that was, and I went down a whole like rabbit hole of research because who knew? Like who knew that was, that was a thing? Um, but what didn't i like it was it was very graphic like there was no warning on on how graphic it was so when i did my review on tiktok i was like just so you guys know like they're absolutely not holding back like yeah, you are going to see everything i don't even know you could still you could put that on tv well, yeah it's,
0: it's streaming so they're a yeah. little more lax you know yeah
1: so like you you will see it all but mm they were trying really hard to teach you something. And I feel like a lot of times that conversation is like played out as like this beautiful experience, but like, that's a lot, Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot that
0: happens Mm -hmm.
1: and a lot that can happen.
0: Right, a lot that can happen. And I really did feel for um, Beverly and uh, Lena, I believe that was the woman who like kept coming back but she kept having miscarriages, Mm. you know? And she even like went to their birthing center to like try like have a baby and it didn't work out. And I truly like felt for her because I know that miscarriages are common, but her kind of like bluntness on how she felt like something was wrong with her. It's just like, oh no, there's anything wrong with you. And I appreciate like Beverly is someone who's warm and compassionate. And obviously that's why she wants the the center so badly because she Mm -hmm. does want to help Women and the way they give birth, and she just want to offer people the opportunity to give birth in a safe environment where they feel like they are her and they're listened to and they're not ignored and they're not scared and they don't feel like, you know, um, they don't feel like they're in a bad place. Like, yeah, everyone's... she genuinely
1: recognized the problem and was trying to do something. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like
0: that. I like that she is genuine. American, mm-hmm. But then it just
1: made her twins such like uh, the opposite. Rachel Wise played that so perfectly. She really played, like, two completely different people who were the same person.
0: I was watching a bunch of interviews that she did promoting the show. And obviously, Mm -hmm. like, in any show where an actor has to play a twin and it's one actor, they always ask, how'd you do it? Like, how did you play two people at once? And it's always just, like, down to, like, editing the crew and writing. And then Mm -hmm. the actor has to come into it and it all forms together. And with Rachel Weiss, it's a no-brainer. Like, she's an Oscar-winning actress. Of course she could play two people at the same time. And she did it so well that I truly thought there were two people there, you know? Yeah. It's the same way, like, I watched Orphan Black and Tatiana Mazzolani. I think a lot of people may know her now from, like, She-Hulk. Um, she played five people at once. And I thought there were five people in that show. And she did it amazingly. She did it for five seasons. Five seasons. So yeah they're all like they're all like twins and they're all separated at birth and so they all came together it's like should take down this like scientific corporation that was like i don't know experiment i don't remember exactly because if it wants to watch the show but it was a really good show
1: there's this um netflix movie called um what happened to monday have you heard Mm of that? Yep. She plays seven of the, the women and I'm this like, wow, nice. really really, seven, people, like seven yeah. people in this movie I remember that movie, that
0: was a really good movie Yeah, yeah. Nice hidden gem there
1: But I appreciate it in this one because I have seen other ones where people play twins and I'm a little confused about who is who but I like that the whole time when Beverly was Beverly, her hair was up and Elliot's hair was down so I could always keep that in mind yeah. Because it's usually hard to tell, like, wait, which one? Are, which one are we at? Who are we talking to? Mm-hmm. But these two were just so opposite that. But then they wanted to be the same person, and they would switch spots. Like they were very codependent and intertwined together. Like, oh
0: yeah, the codependency is like, it's there. It's very apparent. <laughs> and I think there's also a scene where Rachel Vice she had her hair down and of course her buddy her body double also had their hair down and even then i could kind of tell the difference just like in her body language her facial expressions like how she talks like she's a lot more like she's a lot more pauses and she's a lot more stoic as beverly and then as elliot she speaks more casually and like free spirited just like saying the first thing that comes to her mind so yeah it's obviously like a master class in acting And I really enjoy watching these kind of shows because it just gives you a deeper appreciation for what it takes to make something like this. Because this show is phenomenal. Yeah. If she doesn't win an Emmy, I'm going to be shocked. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to be pissed. Like, I will be. It's amazing. I would
1: be very surprised if she didn't win something for this. Because that was... She she was behind the scenes a little bit too, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, she was actually in the writer's room for a lot of the episodes. And so it was just like it's amazing to see a show directed by women, written by women, and then have like, you know, the lead actress in the writer's room. So obviously she's part of the source material source material and she kinda understands like the script and how the story is formed and then to just like act it out onto the mm-hmm. screen and for all for it all to come together in like this intense and slightly horrifying <laughs> masterpiece
1: she did that in six episodes
0: yes wow. I'm not gonna lie I feel like um with shorter seasons now a lot of times the story doesn't feel like it is fully told and I think with this show it did tell it fully I do feel like on the ending I was a bit confused on what exactly happened you know what I mean like there was that little part of like okay this doesn't really make sense like um On the last episode, she's approached by this woman who met her at the grief counseling group that she went to in Midtown, and she, like, genuinely looks like she doesn't recognize this girl. Like, she looks like she doesn't recognize this woman. But we saw her in those meetings where she basically talks about how, like, her sister died. Her sister Mm -hmm. isn't there anymore. And High was under the impression that she was doing that while Elliot was still around and her, like, there with her and maybe she was going there playing this fantasy that Elliot was dead because Elliot is someone who like just kind of fucks things up for her but now I feel like looking back it could be possible that like this was foreshadowing for us instead of her playing some twisted like therapy to like play this fantasy like she's just an only child she doesn't have a twin you know but I really can't tell because like she did look genuinely confused, and then I'm thinking, like, where's Elliot? Did Elliot run away with Homeboy, like the lab tech? Like, when he was driving away, was he driving away with Elliot, or like was he driving away with like the babies that she made in the lab? Like, what so happened?
1: this was that was actually something I looked up and like look in, looked into because I was like, wait, was she, was she, what was she doing that like twisted therapy thing, or like was something else going on? So what was happening was that. Beverly always knew that she wasn't going to make it. And so she was going to the grief counselor, that was like brief sessions, kind of like prepping and like pretending she was already, that she was Beverly, I don't know how to describe this because it's like hard to, because they switch spots at the end. You know how they switch spots at the end? When Beverly gives birth? What? Did you watch all six episodes? Yes I did, wait. (laughs) Do you know how Beverly, Beverly has her babies at the end? The twins? Yeah. She, and she, well, and she, and she babies. dies. Yeah. She dies in childbirth. Cause oh. it, and she like cuts the babies out of her.
0: Right. Oh, right. To be honest, I did skip over it. Cause it was like really brutal. And I was like, I can't look at this. I can't okay. At so this.
1: that's what happened. So Beverly dies giving birth to the babies. And then Elliot, because remember, she disowned Elliot because she did all that stuff to get canceled and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, So Elliot becomes Beverly and takes the babies and raises them with Genevieve. So they basically switch places after death. When, When Beverly dies, she dies as Elliot. And now Elliot is living as Beverly. And... Beverly, the original Beverly always knew that that was going to happen because she always felt like Elliot was the better twin and they were always one instead of two people. And so that was just her prepping for that life, if that makes sense. (laughs) For like when Elliot took over she would have, as Beverly, Beverly has already been going to grief counseling for the sister that died. Oh. It was a twisted little spin.
0: Okay. That's Yeah. Wow, this show was codependency.
1: Just like, wait, wow, yeah, wow, okay. So, but I read an article. I read read an article with Rachel Weiss. um, Mm -hmm. That that was one of her favorite parts because she wanted. It was like a puzzle to her because you didn't really know where that part of the story fit in. You didn't know if it was going to, if that happened like before or after, but mm-hmm. up until literally like the last five minutes, mm-hmm. you couldn't fit that part into anything. Wow. But that was kind of the purpose, I guess.
0: Damn, this show needs an Emmy. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Season two, because I need to know how this happened. Yeah. But I just
0: feel like it will. Even like watching like cast interviews and like learning how they like put the show together and, um, Seeing Rachel Weiss talk um, about this show it's so amazing to me because obviously it's like about birthing and things of that nature and it really does bring up like really interesting um, topics you know being in a genealogy clinic and also because I remember you uh, mentioned Marion Sims but mm-hmm. I was to talk about like a little bit after that conversation when you brought up like his great 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 grandfather when he brings up um Elliot's basically being able to sustain a child a little because they were born prematurely but mm-hmm. the kid was fine no complications nothing wrong and then are talking about like the possibility of being able to take care of like I don't know what exactly he said but like what if we took a fetus and it was 16 weeks you know like exploring that possibility and then exploring the possibility of what a valuable life is and then bringing up the conversation of like abortion and things like that. And like they didn't go that deeply into that in terms of the show. Um, But that is an interesting conversation to have. But I feel like the show does that a few times where they'll bring up an interesting question or query or scenario and it doesn't dive too deep into it because the show isn't it's it's a science based show, obviously. And I did speak with doctors and the gynecologists and, like, um, people on the cutting edge of science and technology to kind of get an understanding of, like, what the rich people would be like and what they should show in the show and what's most realistic when it comes to giving birth so that they can get their facts right. But, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't get too deep into it so we don't get into, like, the movie science mumble-jumble that movies do, where mm-hmm. it's, like... Mm, that doesn't sound like a real like right. that could uh, be a made up word but okay <laughs> <laughs> like that's a little made up you know but um I did want to talk about the Marion Sims uh thing because I have like I feel like because I've been on TikTok for so long I have like that general uh knowledge of like black history is a lot deeper than slavery that people think it is and there's a lot more to it and mm-hmm. Uh, Being on social media and seeing people share their experiences, especially like black women going to the doctor and Not being heard or not being believed and like also I remember Serena Williams. She did an interview where she talked about how like when she gave birth to Olympia She had a blood clot and she was in pain, but no one was listening to her no one really believed her and It's terrible when that happens because like Serena Williams is like A-list top tier well-known celebrity like, even though she is, like, at the top of her game in the sport that she plays, that doesn't mean that she doesn't feel pain or doesn't mean that she is averse to feeling pain. And I feel like one thing that I've learned, especially after, like, that conversation they had in the show with the creepy Marion guy, in doing mm-hmm. the research, I figured out, like, you know, Dr. Marion Sims, he was called the father of modern gynecology and he conducted surgical experiments on enslaved black women. And the story he told, he kind of like brushed over it, glossed it over, like kind of polished it up in the way that American history does. Like, oh, you know, the pilgrims of the Indians, they became friends and they Mm. had corn and Turkey at the Thanksgiving dinner, when that's not what happened mm -hmm. at all at Thanksgiving, no. And so of course the actual story is that there's a 17 year old woman named Anarka who is enslaved And these surgeries were forced upon her without anesthesia, even though that was available at the time. 30.
1: She had, like, over 30 procedures with no anesthesia, nothing. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think it went on for a long time, like, those Mm -hmm. procedures on her body. And them building, like, the basis of gynecology off of the, you know, exploitation and mistreatment of her body is something that um, is not talked about a lot in history, and then it translates – into modern day history, where black women go to the doctor and, you know, they're hurt and they need help and people don't listen to them or give them the correct care that they need. And it's awful because there are stereotypes affected by, like, there are stereotypes according to, like, our behavior and, like, the decisions we make and, like, healthcare providers have, like, implicit biases against us and oftentimes that results in worse outcomes, like we saw with the black mother, you know, Mm -hmm. who was in the hospital bed and it's so heartbreaking to see that and it's it's great to kind of like have those stories in this show so it gives like the intersectional lens and feel Mm -hmm. for the show so we can see like you know see all sides but you can also see like the side of the marians and the rebecca's that's the woman with the glasses name the right, mm-hmm.
1: like, rich center. lady who was giving all the money yeah
0: mm-hmm. to see their side of it where Beverly is like hopeful and idealistic and wants to create a birthing center where it's going to help women give birth in a place that's safe and accessible mm-hmm. and she's sure it's like what is the big deal about accessibility like what is that about because yeah. she says in the first dinner like it seems like you want someone who really gives a fuck about this project and I just want to know how this translates to dollars and my bottom line you know? mm-hmm. And of course, Elliot. All
1: she like, concerned about: how is this going to make money?
0: Yeah, basically. And of course, Elliot is like down for that. Like she is like, okay, I mean, I can help you make money. And Beverly is obviously the opposite of that, hoping to help people and change the world. But I like that the show is like hopeful, idealistic, but also like brutal, gory, and honest with its audience. Yeah, yeah which is like
1: how you would describe the twins and somehow they're supposed to come together and like meet in the middle yeah. which i think is a good point you're getting off both sides of that
0: yeah absolutely Cause... and i i like that part of the show like i feel like that's really great but of course there are like it's not every show is gonna be perfect you know mm-hmm. what i mean like genevieve i really appreciate her character and i love her but I do think she was like underwritten.
1: I agree. She was kind of just there. Yes. For the most part, she didn't add too much to it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I thought she, she could have, have done more, more, especially because they were just so codependent. I felt like there could have been more written about her in there. Hmm. But I guess it wasn't the point of it. So. I, I guess feel like
0: she could have been utilized a little bit more. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that the show is about the twins, and obviously it's based off of like the movie um, of the same name. And you know there was Claire in the film that the twins was like kind of sharing until Beverly until Claire was like, I just want to be with Beverly, like no one else, just Beverly, because she had the emotional bond to Beverly. And um, Genevieve being named after the actress who played Claire in the original movie, simply just wanting to be with Beverly and wanting to have a family with them was really wonderful and great but it's also the trope i'm seeing a lot of of like the black love interest brought there to show drama
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> brought there to cause problems It's not actually causing problems because they're just there they're just a love interest
1: they don't really yeah. like kind too- of being placed in and out where ne- necessary
0: mm-hmm. just adding to the plot and also adding to the cast
1: Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, I honestly felt like it was like an add to the cast because I don't think in all time my head I don't know anybody else in that movie in that TV show that was black. But Silas, yeah,
0: but he was in two episodes.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I I agree. I feel like her part could have been written a little bit more into what was going on, rather especially because at the end, then she just showed up again after she had left. But when like Beverly, new Beverly came. Mm -hmm. she was like raising the babies
0: with Genevieve and
1: I was like, well, I was kind of randomly pulled, but okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I, was, but... I feel like Genevieve would have picked up on the fact that that's Elliot.
1: Yeah. That's one thing. That's also the thing. They, she didn't want to share Beverly, but they were sharing her mm-hmm. and she didn't know.
0: I wish she did find out, like, obviously she didn't like it. I feel like, I wish Beverly didn't her. They never day. stopped
1: doing it even when
0: she found out. Yeah. She was really in a
1: relationship with both of them the whole time.
0: Wait, okay, but I thought they stopped sharing her after Beverly went to the hotel with her. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm, yes. Yeah. But then they, but they would switch spots still. I think, I, I think the party that they went to was after that, where like Beverly, Elliot went for Beverly, but like Genevieve happened to be her date, and Genevieve noticed. I think that's what happened.
0: The party? Oh no! I think that was Beverly. Was it? Damn. Not are confused.
1: I know. Now <laughs> we don't know which one is which.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not the ghost, gu- uh, dude. No. End, she was back with.
1: She was really with Elliot. She didn't even know. I feel- she didn't even know she was with Elliot at the end. There she thought know? she was
0: Beverly. Those are one of those like little details that like I kind of harp on, and the show like the writers are probably like. Don't think too deep about it, okay? The show's over. Leave
1: yes. it alone. It's just a TV show, guys. But so Like, I thought about this. Like, what happened? No, 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 no. no.
0: Don't think too deeply into it. Damn.
1: Like, let it be. No. Yeah. I probably should watch it again. I could watch it again. I feel like I would pick up on some stuff. I feel
0: like
1: I can watch time. that again.
0: <laughs> the first watch was enough.
1: It was graphic. It was mm. the lot. watch. It literally, in the first, like, five seconds, you're like, oh my goodness, what's going on,
0: yeah. Okay. Like We're watching not a baby come out of someone, like for real. Like, seeing a baby get cut out of somebody. i seen it was a lot. Seeing a prosthetic baby being grown in like yeah. a glass tank.
1: People losing babies. It was a very mm-hmm. visual.
0: What is happening? There is a lot. Traumatic
1: more. job, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what a traumatic job to have.
0: Oh, Jesus, yeah.
1: Like, highs and, like, extreme lows from, like, you can have one end of the spectrum to the other.
0: Yes! There is just, like, just watching them go through the things that they go through and jump through it, like, seeing the way that people so desperately want to have children and then, like, seeing how there was, like, that one woman who was, like, scared of hospitals, like, that scene was so hard for me to watch. And then when there was a woman who, like, didn't want to be touched at all, so Beverly mm-hmm. just kind of, like, let her, like, do the kind of, like, do know, her thing. Like, yeah. yeah. I appreciate the little nuances. And then there was that woman where her surrogate was there, and, and Beverly was trying to turn the baby in her stomach, and then Elliot was, like, egging her on, and I was like, this is the most... Yeah,
1: but then the surrogate mom was, like, super, like, on top of it, and she was like, I need you to back up. Mm-hmm didn't want to go because that was her baby like so many different stories being told here so many different ways to have babies or don't want to have babies or trying to have babies like yeah
0: i appreciate the variety
1: yeah i loved that they included um, everything they could think of
0: yeah
1: that wasn't even in it that was that was like purposeful for them because that wasn't in the original film right no. the first film. yeah because it was two men like they wanted to show you everything they wanted yeah. to feel you to see every possible avenue women could go down not just Mm -hmm. oh they're great go have them
0: (laughs) yeah i like the difference between the original film and the you know the tv show because obviously the original one is jeremy irons and jeremy irons is an amazing actor like he's Mm -hmm. great in the original movie but the original movie focuses more on like women as objects and like there's one line where um i think it was elliot where he said something like no the instrument is fine it's the body it's the subject it's deformed and even when um Guinevieve, genevieve first went to you know elliot who thought she thought she was beverly but it was elliot because they switched and elliot was kind of like walking her through like the possibilities of her having a baby and like difficulties and like the options that like she possibly could have and her basically be like okay so my body is deformed and like, it's like, no, no, you have options. Like trying to be like understanding, 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 and caring mm-hmm. for her, because pregnancy, motherhood, something that's kind of like seen as a normal thing for women It's something you should strive towards or want but like all women are naturally nurturing and caring and mothers and all this stuff that like is placed upon us by the patriarchy and you know the original um dead ringers film focused uh, less on the female autonomy and women having control of their bodies and giving birth and like bringing life into this world and more on like the weird instruments that they were using and how they were strange and how they like mutilated bodies and how they're interested in the anatomy but in a science aspect in the same way that marion sims is interested in anatomy but not in a kind caring way that like beverly was in the tv show and how they really want to give women charge over their anatomy charge over their bodies which is great because obviously that is in the conversation in the 2020s that we are living in in this decade. So I do appreciate that from the show. And you know, they don't hold back on the back and forth dynamic. It's less incestuous. But you know what? It's still problematic. Yeah.
1: Problematic. (laughs) For sure it is more problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Great doctors. I don't know if I would really want them to work on me in real life after seeing all this, but... You know? It,
0: they it got the end, and they they're like, trying to cancel Elliot. I was like, damn. She really did a lot.
1: She did. Yeah. Elliot was very bold. Like, she did not hold back mm. at all. Yeah, mm. Like, they're so opposite. Like, either you like one or the other. You couldn't have liked both of them because
0: they're... It's crazy to me how, like, in the beginning, when they went to the dinner at the house... Like it was obvious that um, Rebecca liked Elliot more because Elliot was like fun and like dangerous mm-hmm. and like Elliot was like you know could like get on Rebecca's side to see her side easier. And then when well, she realized like, oh, Elliot is a lot more reliability than Beverly is. Like she mm-hmm. was strict. She was quickly like, you know what? Let's take the safe and boring one because I can't. Right. I can't do this. You killed the homeless woman? Like, no,
1: we can't do this. Elliot is a firecracker, okay? She is not holding back from anything. Mm. And that's definitely gonna get her in trouble. But I thought it was interesting how Beverly thought that Elliot was the better twin. Yeah. But Elliot was the one that needed her past was the one that needed to be erased in order for them to continue.
0: Elliot kept calling like her baby sister like perfect, you know. So obviously they both loved each other and they saw each other like as one, as a duo and i think that the show focusing on the dynamic is great but there are so many other side characters that were a little bit more interesting than the main characters like what was greta's deal you know which one was greta she was the asian girl who was like their maid and like their cook
1: oh yeah, yeah. what was her I don't deal know. yeah the focus was definitely on the twins everybody mm-hmm. else was background yeah I feel like maybe the second most important person was probably Rebecca, but the twins were what the point of the thing. But yeah, so like a lot of the characters do seem just kind of like there, halfway written in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm not really sure what happened with Greta. Like they gave you just enough to be like, oh, I wonder what's what's going on here, but yeah, not a full story.
0: It's one of those shows I watch where I see what you're trying to do here. This is, like, amazing, phenomenal writing. But it still kind of falls on those tropes that you see, like, the silent Asian. And, like, you sprinkle a couple diversity in there. And it's like, we're good. You know, we're okay. We got enough. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you bring in Silas, who's going to, like, bring up the obvious implications of race, of, like, these two white women wanting to play savior, white savior, to have a birthday center in the middle of Alabama where yes, it is like ranked six in the maternal mortality rates. So obviously you do need a birthday center there, but also like, Oh yeah, go down there and like save the poor black folk, you know, who are obviously dying under the system of the medical um, field that doesn't listen to black people, but it's still the thing of like, mm, okay. And I, when he said that I was truly just like, Oh, yeah, he's definitely, he's right. He's right. And I love how, like, when he was telling that story, everyone was just listening, and he was clearly sitting at the table like, hold on, what the frick? Like, wait. What is going on here? Wait a minute. 30 procedures. It's like, and like, when Marion said, like, they work together, he is like, if you're having gallbladder surgery, do you work together with your surgeon? Or are they right?" Working? I'm not to... assisting you. Like, hello? Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Jay, Mary and Sims being brought up in this brought a lot of like... I feel like I, people just need to know that alone. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where this all comes from. Because I would have never known that. And it's, it is interesting how that ties back to the fact that Black women are the ones that aren't believed in 2023. But we're the ones where the ideas came from
0: mm.
1: all the tests were done on us mm.
0: yes the long storied history of medical professionals using black people and enslaved people for their tools and test subjects without confirmed consent or proper proper medical treatment is a terrible or even time.
1: record like yeah. the fact that there's very little information even known about the woman what was her name on on Unchar- anarcha, anarcha, like I feel like I, when I looked her up, they were like, yeah, they he he only wrote down like the color of her skin, and I think they know she lived to be like forty something. But other than that, like it basically didn't even take the time to even consider mm-hmm.
0: that she was a person. Like
1: it never even crossed his mind.
0: Right. Or the whole Tuskegee syphilis study.
1: Yeah. Hmm. How was that legal? How, how did we think that this is going to just fly? Yeah. Or that we could just be the test. Mm-hmm. For... And I feel
0: like you kind of saw that a little bit in the show when um, Elia brought up the procedure where she could push off menopause. You know, like, at the dinner, she said, like, oh, indefinitely. I can push off indefinitely. And then she said, you know, this young woman since she came in early in 24 when she gets older we could push off menopause for her for like 20 years and Mm -hmm. then the older woman asked like what about me she's like oh for you it's like five years and she said like oh well that's not fair she's like well you know we're making um strides to like make this more possible to like push it off a little bit longer and then she straight up was like what if you put her tissue in me and she was like well that's one of the things we are going to study here at the center and i
1: immediately thought of like get out i was like why are you trying to take somebody else's honey parts like i don't think it works like that
0: Ooh, it's like let me farm your tissue so that it can benefit me and right. if you have that same problem when you're older i mean screw you because i'm gonna be dead by then so who really cares like But what happens if i pay her enough money to do this like, i have enough money
1: can i do it the 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 um adding in of like the wealthy and the conversations they were having i felt like that was important that was
0: yeah
1: it was kind of like a little sprinkle on top right like mm-hmm. this is how the rich people would talk about this
0: I not concerned
1: about accessibility we're concerned how much would it cost me to look younger exactly. that's the first thing that they thought of
0: <laughs> one of the uh, interviews i watched with the creator and rachel vice and also um the actress played genevieve i think her name was like uh, Brittany, i believe um mm-hmm. they said they were talking to like people on the cutting edge of like science and technology and one person said that one thing that they want to take care of in their child's lifetime which i guess this is like in this generation mm-hmm. or whatever it is this millennia they want to find they said that, like we in our children's generation in our children's lifetime we will find a cure to death and i was like girl that, that is the fact that you said, phrase it like that the cure to death as in i don't want to die i don't want to look old i don't want to age i don't want to have wrinkles i want to look young and hot forever so that's i'm saying but stopping
1: aging at 22 is that what, what the goal is that's this
0: like, is it as old as we get yeah like you want to stop aging at like 35 like
1: and that's their goal. Okay. I bet they did have interesting conversations with like medical professionals yeah. looking into this. Just on the fact that this clearly, women's health clearly is not studied very often. Mm-hmm. And then just to see what people are thinking about or are talking about or are coming up with, specifically when it comes to men and the fact that they don't have the same abilities. Like, I would have, I bet they had some very interesting conversations and like questionable things brought to their attention.
0: Yeah, and I do have to say that I also would have loved, I would love nothing more than to be sitting in on some of these conversations and what people think that they can stop or, like, they can help oh, yeah. Yeah, because to, like, end, to, like, find a way to be immortal, it's wild to me. But it's also not far from, like, the book that, like, the original movie is based off of which I believe is just called um, Twins, tw- right? Twins. Yeah. And that book was super creepy. Like I started like looking into it a little bit. To like buy the book is like fifty dollars on Amazon, so obviously I didn't like purchase it or anything. But I looked into like the cliff notes version and essentially what happened was that like there are these two twin sisters, Pearl and Stasha, and they were separated at birth and when they were like really young, their father, who was like a Nazi doctor who fled to America Um, did experiments and like medical experiments on them, their father did. And when they reunite, Pearl is convinced that Stasha has to undergo a medical... She convinces her to go under a medical experiment to put her brain in Stasha's body because Pearl is dying of cancer. And when they do do that, it's kind of like... It's a little weird, it's a little strange. As adults, they are gynecologists, so it's basically, like, the same thing, but they have to, like, compete for the same men and professional opportunities because they are twins, they are sisters, and there is, like, a shocking, They're supposed to be, like, the ending is supposed to be, like, as gross as the movie was, the original movie, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's just another kind of form of media that explores, like, identity, body image, the ethics behind medical experimentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on oneself and on other people. So I did not read the book, but like from the research I did and from like the synopsis and the analysis that people did online, I was like, I don't think this is something I want to read.
1: This is something yeah, no. I
0: want to read.
1: Definitely not. Especially if it came out based off that TV series. I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure books are a little bit more like descriptive. Yes. I don't need the descriptive version of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And David Cronenberg, he was like, a horror director and a lot of his films are kind of based off like the human condition and just like it's not uncommon for his films to be like super creepy mm-hmm. and, like super weird so for him to do dead Riggers is like right up his alley and to have a show that is just like unhinged the way that the movie is and it's be female-led i kind of love it because uh a lot of times like when it comes to projects that are female led, I don't want like safe things. I don't want like don't give the me love stories. Or- yeah. yeah, don't give me that comfort shit anymore. We're pushing the envelope, you know. We're making yeah, things these different. These yeah, news. more things like Dead Ringers and Swarm. Like I want that now. I want like things like that, and also like I want things that are embarrassing and gross, like Fleabag. Like give me like give me women's wrongs. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. support women's wrongs here, okay?
1: Both. We want all the stories. I want good and bad. I want yeah. everything in between.
0: Exactly. I don't they mind. They can't all
1: be happy and love stories.
0: Yeah. let women be fuck ups, you know. Yeah. Just, like, have I know there's you out there. Yeah. Celebrate your failures, ladies. You know?
1: Right. So we can we can learn from them, right? Like <laughs> sometimes we can just see they did this thirty years ago. We should not do this now. Like yeah. sometimes that is the story.
0: Mm-hmm overall i feel like i would love to recommend this show to um maybe people i know but i also fear that if i recommend this, this is someone going to come back to me and be like monica what the fuck are you into what is this
1: they what are gonna the look at oh, you watched the whole
0: thing it's like why'd you recommend this to me they're like did you like it it's like they would be like fuck you
1: like it definitely needs a warning label if you're going to tell yeah. people to watch it i tell people like i want people to watch this but like only if you can handle it because yeah not everyone's gonna be able to handle that it's, it's a lot
0: it's kind of it's weird how like the last episode was the only one with the warning for like suicidal ideation and i was like y'all showed me everything else i everything want you pull four that. babies out of somebody i want you to rotate a baby inside of someone like
1: you should have warned me before that happened.
0: Exactly. It should have just had a,
1: like a first episode warning. It's this like this gets graphic.
0: This series is going to be graphic. from this point on. Yes. It gets graphic. From this point on, listen. You already know, all right? This is not the Hallmark Channel. This is Amazon Prime. This is the streaming service. Yeah. They got not the boys it. on here, so you already know what it is.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I recommend to people, but I definitely do not tell them. I warn them, this is not, don't have your kids in the room, yeah. you know, your husband will probably won't be able to look at this, mm-hmm. probably want to turn it off, but it's good. It's good to watch. Yeah. Hard um, to watch, but good to watch.
0: Yes. I do love shows that are, um, that can't be replicated. You know, this is definitely something that's one of a kind.
1: Yeah. I feel like this will be hard to redo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Definitely hard to redo. Yeah. And they did such a good job of like redoing off of something else and mm-hmm. still making it very original.
0: Yeah, it's original. It pays homage to the first film that came out. And it stays true just to like the themes of like identity, uh, medical experimentation. It's complex, it's multi layered. It's a great show. It's phenomenal. Um, I do wish that like there was like a little bit more we could have learned about Genevieve. You know, she just kind of felt, like, kind of placed there. And also, Silas just, like, kind of, like, brought in. Because that's the thing. That's another thing I don't like. This happens sometimes when I watch shows where it's a mainly white cast. They will Mm -hmm. bring in a character of color to be, like, the outside conscious for the characters. In the same way that, like, Beverly literally sees a black woman in a random room, like a ghost. just wandering around this mansion. And I'm like, did she haunt everyone else in this house? It just didn't work. Just her. you just Are
1: you the only one seeing her? Okay.
0: <laughs> Who's this lady?
1: That's true. What?
0: Like, she could have literally just looked on her phone, Marion Sims, and then just see that. We had to have, like, the whole presentation. Monster, like, yeah. the actress did a great job, obviously. Like, it was very dramatic, and, like, it drawed you in, and, like... Like, it was great. It clarified a lot of things, obviously. But, you know, Mm -hmm. also Silas having to be, like, the voice of reason to Elliot and Beverly, because it's clear that they don't really have anyone else to be the voice of reason for them in their lives. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Greta, I don't know what was going on with her. I low-key thought she was trying to clone them for a little bit. Yeah, I thought she
1: was going to have a part in it.
0: Yeah. And then...
1: she was just the housekeeper like
0: and then she wasn't the housekeeper because she stole all their trash and then like made a bed to memorialize her mother which you know i mean kudos to you girl like art is art love to see it but also i wish someone would have told me what the frick was going on before i started making my own assumptions (laughs) like
1: her her story needs to be a little bit more ironed out for me too yeah Mm
0: yeah yeah like obviously the show is about the mantle twins like I get that Mm -hmm. but like you bring us like such complex interesting characters and then like yeah had they made her
1: more of a background and not like she had interesting lines at first I'm like oh who is this like where's she gonna what's she gonna do is she Mm -hmm. in this and then she was it's not it was not in it so
0: not nearly enough and it did make me sad um like seeing her interactions with her mother and her mom just straight up telling her she's gonna be a terrible mom. Like, mm-hmm. how, how dare you say that? Like, I know that you were dealing with a lot, and I know, like, pregnancy was not easy for you, obviously, in that episode, the birthday episode for them. Like, you guys kind of see the flashbacks between, like, their mom having them and, like, her dealing with postpartum depression, and, like, we seeing it in other characters, and it's, you know, it's very, it's tough. And people don't cover postpartum depression. I guess like it's something people talk about, but it's not something that I guess is really discussed because you don't, it brings a little bit of shame, you know, it's like having a baby and then saying that you don't want the baby anymore. Like that's, yeah, that's rough.
1: Yeah. The whole experience has to be rough. Like mm-hmm. you're literally getting the opposite feelings of what everybody your whole entire life has told you you're supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Not only do you feel, and then you probably don't want to tell people because like, you're not feeling how you're supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So many different emotions and it's so common. It's just so common. Yeah. You would, the way we talk about it, you would think it's like one every million baby out here. Like it's not, it's pretty much somebody you know most likely has I did. Probably a few people.
0: Yeah. Most likely more than a few. But yes. overall I wanna say that like this show was great. It was spectacular. It is definitely if it's not on your top ten best T V shows of twenty twenty three, that means you didn't watch the show. And if you did watch the show, you don't put it on your list. I'm sorry, I don't trust you. I don't trust your taste in film, television, none of that. Like those are just nothing to me. Your recommendations are trash. Sorry. If like, you didn't watch
1: Z ringers, right? But we understand if it, it was hard to watch.
0: Oh, yeah. It's not an easy watch. <laughs> <laughs> I knew,
1: like, I knew... If... That's why I would probably take it out of my top 10, because it's very hard to watch.
0: Like If we were everybody. not doing this podcast, I would not have watched it. Like, I would not watch it the whole way through. Like, for the first episode, I'd be like, you know what? I'm looking up an ending video on YouTube, because I can't do this.
1: But if you can stomach it, do it. It's worth the six episodes.
0: Honestly, it is. It is worth the six episodes. It's pretty great overall, yes. And that's gonna wrap up us talking about Dead Ringers, um, and we're just gonna transition into watch lists. We're gonna talk about TVs and movies that are coming out soon that we are excited to see or cannot wait to see. Um, is there anything that's on your watch list? Because I have like varying things on my watch list from time to time. I think there's a show on Amazon Prime called Daisy Jones and the Six. You had recommended that to me, right? I loved
1: it. It was so good. It was so okay. good. It'll be on your top 10 for 2023, too, because that was... You got to give it a chance, though. You got to watch all the episodes. Like, every single one, you'll probably, like, like it every even more.
0: Okay. Yeah. If you say that I like it, then I'll give it a try, because I am a huge musical theater fan, but I'm not usually a fan of, like, musical television. You
1: know, yeah, and this one is—I don't know how to describe. It. It's not the same. It's not the same as it like usually been told. It's not the same kind that's usually been told. Like the music is in it, but it's not necessarily about the music. Oh, okay. The songs you'll get by the end of it, you'll know because they'll just be playing the same ones over and over again. But it's not necessary. I don't know how to describe it. It's told a little bit different than a usual musical, like documentary or biop, something like that. But I think you'll really like it. Like, I I recommend that show to everybody.
0: I'm with that, I'll definitely try and, like, give it a shot uh, sometime this week. Because I am going out of town soon, so I might try for some time to watch it then. Um, I know there's a show on Netflix that I started watching, and I think I had to get back into it because it's called Sweet Tooth. And... I, was just, I just started
1: season two of today.
0: Oh, my gosh, really?
1: I love Sweet Tooth. I watched the first season when it came out. I well, was probably like 2020, 2021. Um, and then season two came out last week. Recommend it. It's a really cute show.
0: I really want to watch it because I... Netflix is doing a lot more fantasy and, like, those kind of shows. That's my mm-hmm. jam. That's my jam. Oh, yeah. Like fantasy,
1: this is a good one.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, it's Two tooth Sandman. Those are two shows I definitely really do want to watch. Sooner or later. Yes. Recommend that. There is one thing that uh, a friend of mine recommended to me. And I think they recommended this to me. To, like Just like... Uh, because I'm someone who likes to go to comedy shows. Like in mm-hmm. Atlanta, I like a lot of like, local comedians. And mm-hmm. um, I love watching uh, comedy specials. Like love, love, love them. And, you know, I will like put them on like a podcast. And I'll like do my laundry while I'm mm-hmm. watching them. And... Um, John Mulaney, he recently dropped a Netflix documentary. And a friend of mine reminded me and let me know. I didn't even know he was making uh, another special. But I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, did I say documentary? I meant special. Oh, was... yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you said documentary, but. My bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. dropped a Netflix special, a Netflix comedy special. And I was straight up just like, oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it. You know? And it's not because, like, because we all know, like people found out that John Mulaney, um would back to rehab because he relapsed, and then after those news, that news, people um, soon found out he cheated on his wife with Olivia Munn and had a baby with her, and people were doing the whole like timeline.
1: Wow, I did not know all that.
0: Oh, you didn't know?
1: No, I mean I know. I only thing I saw the I think it's called j Baby, the mm-hmm. comedy special, but I didn't know all this. I'm gonna have to look up look him up later.
0: Yeah 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 and there um you know there was a whole thing on tiktok where people were like breaking down the timeline of like them meeting paparazzi pictures her pregnancy how pregnant she was whether or not she really is pregnant them having a baby and also like i feel like it calmed down a little bit because his obviously ex-wife anna she's on tiktok and like she's actually a lot funnier than him like it's like dry very subtle humor but um, he has a comedy special out now and to be honest I'm not going to watch it and it's not because of the baby thing because Mm -hmm. I don't fault him for that because celebrities aren't perfect like he talked openly about his experiences like his problems with addiction which a lot of people do deal with that so I can be understanding and him relapsing is like you know what he he needs to uh, take the time he needs to like get better it's okay and like obviously him cheating on his wife is like devastating to some people because he was like the wife guy the same way that Mm -hmm. ned fulmer on shy guys is like the wife guy like everyone's like into like purity um Mm -hmm. like celebrities being like this kind of like idealized version of them idealized version of who you think they are you put them on a pedestal and like if they break the image of who you think they are in your head like you're devastated blah blah blah. whatever like i'm not falling into that trap i'm good you know i understand people are people people make mistakes it is what it is you know some rich people do not have morals like that's just it uh but yeah and i guess like i feel like some celebrities they enjoy likability but likability can sometimes be a prison if you mess up and him cheating on his wife like is that bad yes could we blame that on like him relapsing yeah possibly like people make weird strange bad decisions when they're in that kind of emotional turmoil and like Sometimes they're they make decisions they don't they shouldn't be making, um, but uh, it's it's more of the fact that like John Mulaney was doing a show once and when he was doing that show he brought out a surprise guest and the mm-hmm. surprise guest was Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle proceeds to do a transphobic rant for about like fifteen minutes. So, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like you've aligned yourself with someone who has said things that are harmful, terrible, transphobic, and overall just like things that he shouldn't have the platform to say. Like the fact mm-hmm. that this man, like, there Chappelle, complains all the time that he's being cancelled. And I don't know how many times he's been on SNL, but he seems to keep going on that show. I don't know how many times he's been. He, getting- he does still
1: work. Yes. He has been cancelled many times, I believe, and he does still find work.
0: Somehow, this man can find a job when nobody else can find a job. Anywhere else. Somehow, this man still gets, keeps getting paid. But he's getting canceled. But his life is over. But there's a mob after him. Like, one guy rushed up on the stage and punched you in the face. Alright? And it was a white guy. And it was a race thing. It wasn't even, he wasn't even like, he wasn't even trans. Like, it wasn't even yeah. like that. So, yeah. So that's why you're not
1: supporting the J-baby. <laughs> the baby
0: J. The thing oh, is, baby like, Johnny Mulaney will be on and... SNL three more times this year. It's not announced, but like he was on SNL, like he's been on SNL. How many times? Seven. I have no idea. He's not direct of fans, so to speak. But I just want to have that little rant because, yeah, Um yeah. And I think I used to like feel sad when like celebrities disappointed me, but now I have learned to just kind of flow with it, you know? Like, yeah. the thing with... Yeah. um,
1: They're regular like, people.
0: Yeah. You remember that, you know, Beef on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know everything that's, like, going on with that show?
1: I've heard a little bit about things people don't like about it or people are starting to talk about different stuff.
0: It's... Well, I really like the show. Like, I enjoyed it. And, like, I... When you suggested that show, I actually did want to talk about it. It's mm-hmm. just that like the day after you sent me that email, um, I remember that like, oh, there's like a lot of controversy behind one of the actors, David okay. Joe because he did like a podcast a while back where he talked about um, a kind of imagining or like he talked about how like he joked about he is someone who's like gotten away with rape and like yeah. he said. In- oh, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. I remember this. Yeah. 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 And basically, like, there was finally a response from Ali Wong and, like, the team behind Beef. And the response was lackluster, to say the least. So Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like I didn't know. Because when I thought about, like, doing that podcast, I was like, if I say this at the beginning and I say, like, how disappointed I am in them and then we proceed to talk about how much I love this show, it's going to sound disingenuous. So It's like, let's talk about something else. You know.
1: yeah I think that came out like in the last couple weeks people found out about that or mm-hmm. he just something about the podcast just came out but yeah I did watch the whole show but I completely understand what you mean like you don't want to necessarily bring it up now because should we be supporting this man yeah. probably
0: not. and it sucks because the show is so good it is a great show and it's like a phenomenal um it's a phenomenal show it has amazing representation and It sucks that this has happened, but I'm not gonna like, you know, turn a blind eye, or like, you know, just like go with the flow, just in the name of representation. You know, like you said something that was disturbing and graphic, and honestly, just like strange, like the fact that you felt comfortable saying that. Yeah, comfortable saying it. Yeah, and there's another clip that came out where he said had another like story joke i don't know and then steven Yun was on the podcast and he was like laughing at him recounting something in the same graphic detail as the prior clip and it also doesn't help that like david chose um benefit company whatever it is has mm-hmm. been doing dmca takedowns of the videos and the clips on twitter for like ever since it broke like
1: so like damage control so that because they know it's wrong Mm -hmm. there's clearly something wrong with this
0: and then in the middle of all this happening ali wong starts posing for like those you know those pictures that people do where it's like candids with the paparazzi but it's not candids like it's Mm -hmm. like you're you know like the one that j-lo did with ben affleck where she's leaving his house and like the paparazzi are just at the bottom of the stairs case like oh you guys just see me in lingerie and ben affleck's behind me oh my gosh and like the next week they're dating it's like yeah stupid they so, called the
1: paparazzi themselves that those kind of pictures
0: yeah so ali Wong basically calls the paparazzi on her and like bill hater and like spreading like dating rumors so to speak and it's like girl we gotta try a little bit harder than that like
1: was it to like distract from what's going on
0: yeah because their fan base kind of falls into the same kind of circle You know, Mm -hmm. and it's generally the same audience that watched uh, Beef, because I'm sure a lot of people who watch Beef. have seen Barry, Uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, but you're going to try a little bit harder than that, girl. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, you know, people are not, you know, angels. People are not without their faults. But, you know, sometimes you have to be held accountable to your faults or, like, take... Accountability for your faults, especially if they're like the faults of like saying something extremely terrible on a podcast that is going to be on the internet in perpetuity. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: Especially when you're making something that's so popular, you know. I feel like this is the time to.
0: Oh yeah. Also, why did you cast him in your show? What the freak yeah. I mean, he's... I wonder.
1: the The podcast that came out, he did that after it beef, or he he, did that, that was found.
0: He did it like years before Beef, but there was another clip that came out that is a little more recent of Mm -hmm. a different story. I don't know, but it's of the same graphic and disturbing detail. So, a lot of people are kind of bringing up the um, topic of, like, oh, why are you trying to cancel him for something that happened so long ago? Like, leave that in the past. But, like, if it's a repeated offense, it's kind of like, okay, so is this like your thing?
1: But also, why why can't you be canceled for something that you've done? (laughs) I don't understand that either.
0: Oh, like. why are you talking about this why is this your this is your comedy like this is your thing to be like a a freaking weirdo to like
1: comedy is such a interesting genre because sometimes people feel like being raunchy and all that is what makes them funny but like it doesn't always come across and you're just like that was why would you think that was funny yeah who thought that was funny when you told that joke you know, like, what, how did that get past? What even
0: audience this? are you trying to reach with this? Right. Like, who are you trying to laugh with? Yeah. I don't know, my guy. But it just, it does suck because a lot of the actors on Beef are like fairly new actors. Not new, but like not well known actors. So I'm sure it would have been hard to have cast someone else as Isaac rather than David because David's also their friend. So. Ooh you knew or possibly you had some idea stephen knew that david said these things cuz he was in the clip laughing at one of the stories he was telling so well we thought it never would come back or you so made, for real about it maybe like so like... for real come on twitter never forgets yeah literally every actor that has something to say about will smith's slap got their laundry aired out like, I don't know things about people that I did not know. I
1: didn't really? Know. On
0: Twitter? Yeah. Like, I didn't know Zoe Kravitz dated Jaden Smith when he was 14 years old. And then I found out. It's like, now I can't rewatch the Batman.
1: Dang, everybody getting canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you be cutting out a lot of things.
0: <laughs> I did not know
1: that, that Zoe Kravitz dated Jaden Smith when he was 14.
0: And she was 24. How old was she? Mm. Yeah we sure how do we know this
1: i need proof of this I because i found
0: that's... a couple blind items that hinted at it and then there were articles linked to it as well and then there was another article where he shared that like he was in a relationship and he wanted marriage and the girl broke up with him and there was a blind item that followed that like was line by line the same thing like <laughs> listen unless his blind items are wrong but like when they all kind of line up in the same way, it's like, okay, so there I might be like, oh, but sure, like wow. There might be some backing to this. So I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you that.
1: Fourteen and twenty-four? Yeah. Ooh, that's wrong in every every thing.
0: Yeah. But the Smith twins <laughs> there. The like Willow and Jaden, when they were like young and getting into Hollywood, they were just kinda like I don't want to say they were out there, but like they were kind of like and say, the same way that justin bieber was kind of out there i don't about you know in the in places where they shouldn't have been thrown to the wolves mm,
1: this little 13 year old self and parties Usher ushering jermaine dupree
0: honestly not jermaine dupree but like <laughs> honestly like being a young actor in hollywood unless your parents are like running your social media your parents are in charge of like are your managers a lot of mm-hmm. these kids are stuck in, like, adult situations because it's an industry run by adults. So there aren't any, like, you can't, go to e- you can't go to a movie premiere at Chuck E. Cheese's. You're going to a movie premiere at a hotel with an open bar, you know? And as grown-ups.
1: Only yeah. grown-ups. Yeah. You are the only kid here.
0: Listen, Millie Bobby Brown turning 18 and then, like, a couple weeks later just, like, getting engaged to this guy who's a lot older than her out of nowhere, out of the blue... Y'all expect me to believe y'all were just friends?
1: For two weeks in between.
0: <laughs> Marquise Houston, who was on uh, Sister, oh. Sister.
1: His, he, every time he opens his mouth, he makes it worse. Like, he, he every time he <laughs> makes it worse. Like, he's like, oh, we've we been dating for 10 years. She's oh 19. Gosh, How bro. He's
0: 19. Bro, you're She's a liar.
1: Like, we don't believe little- you. It's not adding up. You're telling on yourself every time you open your mouth. You're telling us that you dated this girl when she was like 14.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's what you just told me.
0: Like we were, and he's being upfront about it, which
1: is scary. You're you're trying to make yeah. this like a normal conversation, and no many, no matter how many times you tell me, she was like 14,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now you married her.
0: I don't care what your bros told you. What I'm them. telling you is that this is creepy.
1: That's beyond creepy. And then, the, and then, yeah, every every interview he makes it worse. The last interview he had, he was talking about how older women are, like they come with baggage. So you purposely yeah, went after this child. You. Okay. You're Marcus Houston, bro. You purposely went after this child. That's what you just told me. You just admitted to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, one day. When celebrities like fall off the map, at the suddenly they just pop up with like some problematic stuff. I'm like, no.
1: No wonder you were gone. <laughs> that is why they got rid of you. <laughs>
0: is this why you couldn't find a job? Man, yeah,
1: that is probably why.
0: Mm. Yeah, that is it's, terrible. He's
1: probably like the worst out there right now because he's just so honest about it. Like, shut up. That's bad.
0: It is it's not mm-hmm. really bad it's like diabolical at this point yeah i feel like people really don't like that's something i really do consider because like this happens a lot more often than people think like i feel like people forget about like taiga and kylie in that whole situation
1: never forget <laughs> not in um uh sophie richie sophia richie
0: oh yeah sir and he even like admitted to it on like the reality show that that family has he was like you know i can't date older women i was like sir you failed at your marriage multiple times on camera like we saw you not caring. you
1: failed the one that was your age so now you go after like 19 year olds at least his are 18 and over tiger was dating like a 16 year old and that just never made sense to me
0: and then the family was like oh they're just friends they're their friends and then kanye goes on the radio and he's like tyga got in early like on the breakfast club with charlamagne and dj envy just like got in okay. early.
1: The, that's that's the kardashians one problem they cannot keep a filter on kanye mm-hmm. he's going to tell all their little secrets <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he's been there
0: oh yeah like he was he was at the house you know tyga that's my guy it's like
1: was he at the house with your 16 year old sister-in-law
0: what makes it worse is that like kim and black china used to be best friends like they used to go shopping together and everything and then suddenly your sister
1: like histories of people even sophia richie being scott's ex-girlfriend like yeah that's that's tea in itself there's so much tea from that alone yeah
0: When many- people found out that, like, Tyga and, like, Avril Levine were dating, it was, like, how did that happen? And, and when- like,
1: Travis Barker is somebody else's something. Travis
0: Barker is friends with her ex-husband. And, you know, Tyga is still friends with the family. Travis Barker is... somebody...
1: Somebody under... No. Is it Avril Levine
0: is under Tyga? Or
1: under S- Travis Barker? Something, like, somehow he t- also ties into somebody else's ex. Like, they all...
0: Yeah, I thought it was just through music because Avril Aileen's ex-husband worked with Travis Barker in a band or in some music, and I feel like Travis Barker, he works with a lot of, like, hip-hop artists, so he knows Tyga. Like, he's, I think, I don't know if he's worked with Tyga before, but he knows Tyga, so I just assume like, they met at a party somewhere. Like, that's how they're connected, you know? Like, they're both musicians, I didn't think it was that far off, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but yeah, they're both musicians, but I think it's something even closer that connects all of them together. Because I follow this girl on TikTok who does like this like tree of things, and she did a Kardashian one of how all the people that they dated actually all kind of circle back into one one another. They all just go in a circle. So, you know, I guess they have a conversation beforehand because they're definitely sharing everybody over there.
0: Oh, don't say share. they're sharing they are. everybody Ugh. that's a little ugly
1: just black china and tiger mixed with kim and Raw. that's uh best in itself and then kylie and travis scott like wow
0: what story i am still like i never really knew anything about travis scott and kylie and it wasn't until i started doing like I accidentally got into, like, Kardashian TikTok. It was, like, Kardashian Trauma TikTok, drama TikTok. And then people were, like, saying, like, oh, they were sleeping together for three months and then Kylie got pregnant and she wanted to have a baby. And Travis obviously did it. They don't live together. They're not friends. And then someone put a clip of, like, them doing, like, the, like, 21 questions couple quiz for, like, mm-hmm. Cosmopolitan or one of those YouTube channels. And he, she straight up asked him, like, what are the names of my dogs? And he didn't know the do- her dog's names. She's like, where are the colors of my eyes? He didn't know. I was like, the color of her I, eyes?
1: I always thought they were like a bear. I I, I, I do watch Keeping Up the Kardashians. And I always thought that Kylie and Travis's relationship was just like a little off. Like there's something yeah. strange in here. They don't seem... They seem like they're co-parenting, but it doesn't seem like they like each other. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're not... I don't know how to describe it. Like, they just don't interact in how you would think they would be interacting. They're
0: not dating. They're not together. They're not even, like,
1: casually talking to each other at places. Like, how is this working?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like... It was definitely, like, oh, she was, like, a one-night stand or, like, his side piece because he has, like, rappers have like multiple side pieces but then they have two kids
1: and it can be just a side I don't think she's just a side she can't she has to be more than that because I understand if maybe the first one was like okay accident but like you had another one like three years later no
0: this is the thing this is the thing right here with rappers they want to be fathers but they don't want (laughs) to be fathers they want to go in raw and they want to have kids but like the actual responsibility and work no there's like very few rappers that are like that. Like Wiz Khalifa, Kid Cudi, sure, yes, but like Joey Badass, yes, him too, but the rest of them, no. They don't care. They don't care. Future has I so many kids. Hot. He can be a baseball sport. team with his kids. Yeah. Nick Cannon is like producing an army. <laughs>
1: Nick an man. army. Is more than producing it for me he has he's making his own personal football team like oh
0: my gosh he impressive. said that he's going to do a show with he's doing a show with kevin hart trying to find his baby mama and i'm just hoping it's in the same vein as like real Hus- real husbands of hollywood
1: i would watch it because they would probably be really funny i wouldn't believe I, somebody would really tend to do it but i think it would just them two together would be yeah. comedic gold for like finding a baby mama for nick cannon yeah
0: yeah i'm just hoping they lean into the parody aspect of it because the parody aspect yeah and i think he was like promoting the show on like howard stern and then howard stern like asked him like who was the next person you want to have a baby with like he started throwing some names out there and they said taylor swift and then nick cannon fully said like oh yeah sure i mean like i feel like she and i are kind of like in the same boat we're like we've been out there we've been kind of dating a lot so i feel like we have like similar histories and i'm just thinking like Taylor Swift has dated multiple people yes but like that's what people do when they date and also we know the people that Taylor dates because they're also famous and they also kind of fall into her circle and the people you are having babies with not dating are random women that I feel like you found at like Walmart or like on IG or or like whoever's um, album release party like whatever bottle girl was there that like you know, was shaking her ass a little bit more and you were like, you know what? I'm going to take her back to the crib. like,
1: And willing to sign that contract because they have to be getting money for that. They have to be getting something good for all of that. To sign up to be someone's
0: I don't think they're signing up.
1: No, I definitely think they're signing up. I also think they're signing up because of the names that their kids are getting. I think that the kid, the names that the kids have feel like they all came from Nick Cannon.
0: Like, What are the kids' names?
1: Onyx, golden, powerful. What? They all have these like very um out there names. Hmm. I feel like it's part of the contract. <laughs> like if you have a baby for me, then I get to name them.
0: One thing that um I saw geez, because you talked about this a long time ago, but someone brought up like this kind of like conspiracy that he's having all these kids because he has lupus and there's like you know medical research out there that you can like get bone marrow or like blood work from people who are related to you kind of like i'm my sister's keeper kind mm-hmm. of type T's. so but then you still have to consent to that right like you can't just be child... children to give yourself
1: medical benefits i don't i don't feel like
0: that's ethical i think that there are there's a gray area when it comes to kids hmm. Yeah, so
1: we think that Nick Cannon is out here having all these kids for medical benefits
0: for himself. Either that, or people think that he's in a cult.
1: I think he's just.
0: He's out here, he's should... just- he has enough
1: money to do at what he pleases. I mean, I could, I heard, I did hear he has lupus or something, mm-hmm. so maybe that is part of it, but mm-hmm. I just can't imagine having, what, 12, 13. The next kid will be like the 13th kid, I think, right? Mm-hmm that's a lot I why honestly, do you be 12 to do that that's a lot
0: i feel like it's one of those conspiracies where it's like i see where you're going with this. i understand it but also that's too creepy and too strange for me to like believe it because i don't really want to like because people are like rich people are like out there but like that's a little too loud for everybody else to be picking up on it so i just think he just is going in and just not wrapping it up like future you
1: know, mm, I don't know because they're coming back. That there, he had a few baby mamas who like are like number two and then like number eight.
0: Oh, uh, like he's repeat repeating. Yeah, there's
1: a couple who are repeating.
0: See, now that gives me cult vibes, a little bit. Like, I don't know, but the check have... must
1: be really nice. Yeah. It has to be
0: really nice. Wait, what?
1: It's the money that they collect for this to sign up to be baby mama number X, Y, and Z, like.
0: Do you think there's, like, a Google form they have to fill out? There has to
1: be a whole contract. I think there is. There has to be a whole contract. Like, uh, application form. (laughs) Would you be okay with being baby number number seven and having kid number 13 or 14? Like, you don't even know. You could be pregnant with somebody else. No, they're definitely signing up for this. They have to be. Wild, but...
0: (laughs) I feel like that's the perfect story to end on on this podcast about Joe I think a show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to... If Nick Cannon and Kevin Hart are seriously doing this show where they're fighting his ex-baby daddy, his next baby mama, they have to do it in the same way they did Real Ho- Husbands of Hollywood. Because that's my... F- I love that show. Because that show was, was hilarious. Good. Yeah, when it first came
1: out, it was very good. Yeah, it was fun.
0: And, and honestly, it's a comedy because like... It's hilarious to me how, like, somehow all the very attractive women are, like, head over heels for Kevin Hart. Like, that's funny. Now that's comedy. Now that's (laughs) that's. I don't know if that's real life, but (laughs) go (laughs) for it on your show. (laughs) Yes. You know what? If you want to play on your little fantasies on your comedy show, go for Mm -hmm. it. Whatever. Everybody wants you, Kev. Go Mm -hmm. for it. Whatever you want. All right, guys. You know what? We have talked about so many things but uh thank you so much for listening and watching i really appreciate it you know if you enjoyed the podcast follow us on spotify apple Podcasts. check out uh jock on tiktok and instagram her links will be in the description down below and you can watch the full video podcast on our patreon the link is down in the description thank you so much for checking in and i'll see you guys next week in another podcast so bye bye thank you